0: Hello and welcome to The Hearts Review with me, Ross McLeod and Gordon Senior. Join us this week is Matty to talk about the win over Dundee United at Tanadice. We preview Ross County on Saturday, chat a little bit about the Youth Cup Final, look ahead to the Scottish Cup Final and we talk about Colt teams and youth football in Scotland.
1: I think we should just do the show in our, uh, like in our you know uh, interviewer voices.
2: I fully expect this, but not to the happiest review. <laughs> yeah,
0: for, for those that for those that don't know them, Cordon and uh, Matty uh, love to do these voices on the group chat that we're in. Um,
1: <laughs> what are you talking about, Ross? These aren't voices; these are real people.
0: Yes, they love to do these voices, but they did see Young
2: stays in my what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> in
1: the box room, with me, only when
0: fantasy football is on.
2: So anyway, you might want to actually start this again.
0: No, we're <laughs> keeping that in.
2: <laughs> keeping that in. Um...
0: Obviously, we've got Matty and uh, Gordon on the show this weekend. 3 2 win for Hearts at the weekend there, Gordon. Um, you weren't expecting them to go and um, beat Dundee United at Dice, were you?
1: No, no, I, I wasn't. I mean, Realistically, they should be, but years of watching Hearts would suggest that that just wasn't going to happen. But um, I even took Dundee United on my coupon, so maybe that's exactly why Hearts did win the game, the Gordon curse. Um but yeah, I thought, listen, it was a really decent performance. It was a good game to watch actually. I'm glad we went. Um, credit to the supporters who did go up. Uh, I know all you fraud stayed at home, but we were there. A loyal bandy, all three of us. Um, but, you know, listen, the, the, the game started as well as it possibly could for Dundee United. Scored a, a decent goal. Really good feet from from the lad and in and, and the bottom corner. And you think to yourself, this could be a long afternoon. Um, but Hearts were a bit slow in coming out of the blocks, which you could maybe uh, expect, especially after such a high of uh, the previous kind of two weeks, and then going into this game, we realistically nothing to play for. But uh, Dundee United kind of dropped deeper and deeper, and you could see that there was kind of a real nervousness about them and how big a game it was for them, and um, there was a real tension in their support even when they were winning one nil. And as soon as Hearts started to play a bit of football and you, you kind of sense the mood turn and, and right away I thought, you know, if Hearts get a goal here, I think they'll go in and win this game. And uh, needless to say, it, it came, Liam Boyce, um he'd missed a great chance right before it. But credit to him, he got himself in the box, got a little bit of luck um, with, with a ricochet off the goalkeeper. I mean, it was a great ball from from Atkinson. And and after that, I thought Hearts were, were pretty comfortable, really, especially in the second half. Again, created some really good chances, uh, scored a good goal from Ginelli. I mean, it's a bit route one, but um, it was a great ball from Cochrane, and it's a great touch from Ginelli, takes it around the goalie and sticks it in. And then, you know, United kind of came out a little bit and, and knew that they needed to get something from the game, scored a, a pretty good goal, quite avoidable really. I think someone should maybe get out to, um, was it Edwards, I think, that that, that scored the the uh, equalizer there, but credit to him, It's a decent finish, especially for a a centre-half, and um, then, you know, you were kind of thinking, well, well, Dundee United, maybe, will that spur them on? But the same thing happened when they went 1-0 up. They just sort of started getting deeper and deeper again, and that nervousness kind of creeped back into their game, because I think if they had kind of went for it, they probably would have won the game. I mean, really, because I think Hearts, that defence, um, with the greatest respect to kind of Sibic and Cochrane, um and Moore, I mean, it's hardly Hearts' greatest ever defence and, and me and David were sitting there at the game and we we're, we were saying, I wonder that where there's rates in terms of dud center <laughs> partnerships of Civic and Moore and Hearts' history. I mean, it must kind of be up there but um, I thought they were fairly comfortable throughout the game really and, um, and then it's a wonderful goal from Sims at the end, a beautiful pass from Mackay. Uh, we kind of caught United a little bit on the break there but Mackay has all the time in the world to pick a beautiful pass, and it's a great finish from Sims. And you know, you just seen the United fan. I mean, they didn't even believe they could go and get a draw after that because a lot of them just left at three-two. Um, so credit to Hearts. I mean, going away from home and scoring three goals—it's not something that we're really actually accustomed to, even this season. Um, I think that could be the first time we've even scored three goals away from home this season. Um, I'd have to—I'd have to look at that. It sounds about right, I think. Um, so yeah, that's a really good performance. Um, especially when there wasn't really anything on the line, and, and you know, 19 points clear in third, especially when we were told that this was the most competitive season. Um, and in the top flight for about 15 years to, to be 19 points clear with what was it four games to go? Um, brilliant achievement,
0: Matty. Do you think we'll find in this in this next few split pi- fixtures against teams that? are looking for that sort of European place, that so there will be a nervousness to their game.
2: I think their performances over the course of this season has pretty much confirmed that for me. I think if any of those teams had the ball to run away and get fourth, they would have done it. I think Ross County might, if I'm honest with you. I think they've probably had the best form out of the lot. They did start the season terribly, and they've pulled themselves up into a good position. And they scored goals. That's probably the biggest thing you can say for them. Ross County scored goals. Dundee United, obviously they scored two at the weekend, but. They brought in Tony Watt. He's not quite been as good as he's at Motherwell. just they need Something's not quite right there. I think they're building to something good, but something's not quite right with Dundee United. I mean, we've not played the best up there, and we've won. So, I mean, that, that tells you everything you need to say on both occasions, actually. I can remember the first game of the season, we started well, ended well, but in the middle of that game it wasn't great. We blew them away. We blew them away with nothing to play for. So, I don't think they'll do it. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I just hope that we don't get any injuries, really. Uh, it's, uh, first top flight, what was it? Post-six, top flight, away win. I
1: yeah, I mean, and, and it's, a, it's a good sign, I think, for going forward that there's a, a mentality and still an eagerness from um, Hearts' team to go in and, and not just roll over. And listen, to, uh, you know, you heard, you heard Nielsen after the game and he says, you know, the fans have paid their money. Um, it doesn't matter if we've... Achieved what we wanted to in in the the league. We we've still got uh, an obligation to go in and win these games. And the amount of kind of dud top six or even bottom six fixtures that I've watched, um, as a Hearts fan over over the years, that a team's just a Hearts team's turned up and just rolled over. It's it's incredible, you know. So um, that stat doesn't doesn't surprise me at all. That it's our first uh, kind of win since twenty sixteen the top flight. And um, top six, it's it's not a surprise at all, and uh, and credit to the team, you know, because I, I thought that you could see that that even though it was a depleted squad because it was that they they still turned up and, and put on a performance and, and scored a good few goals, so absolutely delighted.
0: Matty, how much credit does the manager have have to
2: take for um for winning these games? I mean, for the last well, the last three games, and you've got to really take your hat off to him, really. I mean, we're talking about the Dundee United game, but you can't ignore what's just happened. It's all we've got left to think about for the rest of the season as a consequence of the fact that it was able to beat Hibs twice in two games. But to go ahead and pick up the win for me at Tannadice, it says a lot for the team. It says a lot for the squad. It says a lot for their attitude. It's something we've not seen at Hearts for years, years and years and years. To go up there, to come through behind and still win, you've got to take your hat off to them. Good attitude. And it's refreshing to see because... I can't remember the last Hearts team that I had faith in their attitude.
1: Yeah, spot on, and I, I think he, he's absolutely right about that. I think the attitude is a key thing, and you've got players who um, want to win and are eager to win and take pride in the shirt and take pride in their own performance. And the amount of frauds that we've we've seen wear the maroon jersey over the years um, is huge. And uh, so, so credit to to the players. Credit to guys like Mackay, who um, we, we we've seen kind of. Criticism of him, um, from maybe a few of his previous uh, clubs, saying you know he maybe hides a little bit. I've not seen that once this season. For me, he's been he's been spectacular. He's had a fun. And if it wasn't for Craig Gordon, he would easily be our Player of the Year. Um, and for him to still be turning on those types of performances, he he made a pass in the first half for Boyce with the outside of his foot, and just curled it literally right round, um the defence stuck it on a plate for Boyce and he should score really. I think that would have been an equaliser. But
2: um, when he plays at the at the outside of the full yeah, just a, yeah.
1: yeah And that that is it. a yeah. That that is a spectacular pass. And um and he's gonna be a huge player for and the fact that we've actually got him tied up for for the next three years, um, is, is magnificent. We will have him for the prime of his career. And um he's 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 gonna be absolutely huge uh for us going forward and I think he'll be a an excellent player in Europe for us, the way he plays, his style of football, uh, the way he's able to pick a pass. And if we can sign a few more players that, that can score goals, particularly can can finish their dinner, then, you know, fill your boots, you know, because you'll look at playing with guys like Mackay, if you're a goal scorer like a Sims. Because let me, let's me let be honest with you, Ellis Sims is, is, a, is a young player who's only going to get better and better. And if he's playing with players who can give him passes like that, he will himself score a barrel load of goals. Um, it would be excellent if we can get him next season uh, because I think he would generally get himself well into the double figures in terms of goals if, if we have him for a full season. Um, so playing with guys like Mackay, absolutely brilliant. And I thought, just strolled it again on on uh, Sunday. I think it's easy for for players to down tools, but you didn't see that from him. He wins everything. He's just so calm on the ball. He tidies up, and and he's certainly back to his best. And it would be a real shame if we lost him. Uh, really, really hope he signs a new deal, because he again he'll be another huge player for us uh, next season. Particularly with me out until kind of Christmas, I think I think European football again would suit Harden. Um So Hearts have a real good core of a team, even with with the injuries out at the moment. Credit to Ben Woodburn as well, who came on. Um, He's he's another one that I've been very critical of this season. We have seen enough, and he came on and he played out of position. He was more, I think, he was playing centre midfield actually one uh, for a majority game on Sunday, uh, and I thought he'd done well. Um, I think he'd done the simple things. Clearly, he was out of his comfort zone, but I still thought he put in a, a decent performance, and that'll um, that'll bode him well. As I said, I thought Cochrane was really good in that kind of left centre half role. Um, we've not really seen him play that too often, but I think it is probably one of his more natural positions, and. I thought he was he was really good. Civic was okay, um, and and so was uh, so was Taylor Moore. So, listen, we we can't complain. It was a really good performance, three goals, and um, and hopefully they can follow up on Saturday as well.
0: Before we talk about Saturday, man, do you think we'll see Halkett and Suter back before the cup final?
2: I think from what's being reported, they're both going to be fit by the looks of things. I'd like to see them play before the final. I wouldn't like the final will be both their first games. You can maybe get away with one centre and a half that's playing their first game back in a final, but not two. So hopefully they can get at least a game or two in, the, in them before. Maybe come on, get half an hour, then get a start, then play the cut final. That's got to be the aim, really. If we can get that in the, at least one of them, ideally both, but at least one of them, so you can have a little bit of faith that they're not just going to crumble in the first 20 minutes, which is the fear when you bring players in out the cold in big games like that. That'd be nice. So fingers crossed they can come back as soon as possible. But again, you've got to balance it off with don't rush them. If you bring them back too early and they get hurt, that could bite you as well.
1: I think we'll see Suiter at Parkhead. I think he'll be back for that game, to be honest. I think he'll play the final three. Halke will probably be back for Rangers, I'd imagine. Hopefully Michael Smith can get some minutes as well before the game. You know, if we've if we've got kind of as Matty says, the players chomping at the bit um going into the game, they're not quite there's no sort of uh, doubt in their minds about their fitness um, whether they start or not but I mean you've seen Devlin I mean he came on 15 minutes at, at the end of the semi-final there clearly wasn't fit I mean he was on the bench on um, Sunday but there was no chance of him ever getting on because he's not at that, that stage of play but even a wee cameo 15 minutes basically helped Hearts over the line um, so even if you need to do that on cup final day to, to fire a suitor on or a Halkett on there for the last 15 minutes or whatever, and maybe see you over the line, then you're going to do it. And it's, it's a big boost to have them even in the match day squad.
2: That would be massive. I mean, if you're 2-1 up against Rangers in the cup final and you're bringing Halcut on with 10, 15 minutes to go to try and see the game out, the confidence that's going to give every fan in the ground and also all the players on the pitch for Hearts as well, even getting them back to that level. I mean, you just got to hope. That's got to be the aim, try to get the, the guys back. Battle.
1: Especially with Rangers' injury problems as well, you know. Um, I think Roof's out injured at the moment. I mean, I would imagine he might probably be back for, for then, but Mareos is a big one. He's been a thorn in our side over the years, so him not him being out is is, is a is a for us. But uh, yeah, we will we'll need to have everybody back and and everyone kind of playing at their their best if we're going to win the game.
0: Obviously we've got Ross County on Saturday, Gordon. Then what kind of threats will they pose hearts at Tynecastle?
1: Listen, well, they're a good side. Um we've seen it in the in all three games we've played against them this season. We won the Tyne Castle game, but um the other two games have been a draw. They've uh, they've we've not kept a clean sheet against them this season. I think they're the fourth highest scorers in the league. Um and I expect them to have a goal. Um I, I think they, they won't fear coming to Tynecastle. I think they'll fancy themselves to to maybe get a result, I think a draw would be a great result for them, um, particularly with Dundee United and Motherwell playing each other. But they'll see it as an opportunity to go and kind of try and cement that third, sorry, that fourth spot. Um, if if they can get a result at Tyne Castle, like I say, with United and Motherwell playing each other, um, it, it really puts them in a commanding position, particularly because fifth as well gets you badges. Don't I haven't seen enough from Motherwell to suggest that they they'll even finish above Ross County. I think, it, I think it will be United and Ross County and it'll be who kinda can get fourth. And I think it'll come down to the head heads. Um, playing against a decent Hearts team um, and the old firm, I think a lot of the teams are maybe just writing their games off. But I don't think Ross County will. I think they'll go into the game thinking that they can get something. Whether they do or not, it's a different story. I think it'll depend on how Hearts approach the game. And, and if Hearts do approach the game like they did um, at, the, at the weekend there, then I think... I can't really see anything other than the hearts win, but um, Ross County have dangerous players and it'll be a good test for us, particularly at this stage of the season. You're not just going to get a kind of damp squib. That, that is the good thing about, I mean, even though we've we've got nothing to play for ourselves, we're playing against teams who have things to play for. So each game will be significant. Um, you'll have teams who are up for it and who are who are trying to win the game. They'll be extremely competitive. So that, that it bodes well for us going into the final, I believe. Um, but, yeah, listen, County have some really, really good players. We'll have to be uh, we'll have to be aware of that. But it's a good chance for guys like Liam Boyce to try and get a few goals and see if he can get to that 20 mark. I think he's got four to go or something now. Um, he should really be looking at that. And, and Ellis Sims, as well. I think, is maybe on six possibly now for the season. He could maybe try and get another few and, and see if he can maybe even reach double figures. So there's a lot of targets for, for players. Mikhail probably... Want to try and get a few more goals on board, um, try and even become the the top assist um, assist maker for for the season. So there's there's individual targets for these players to get, but it is all really about ticking over until um, the the end of the season and uh, and the cup final. So it should be a, a decent game. I think it'll be quite an open game, and uh, maybe we'll see an another
0: three two. Who knows? It's about building confidence
2: ahead of that cup final, isn't it, Matty? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely going to be a bit about about building confidence. Um, I'm looking forward to the game on Saturday, though. I think Ross County are a really entertaining team. They're good going forward. They do do score goals, but they are quite weak at the back. I'm pretty sure I've seen they've got, I think it might be the calendar year, so since the turn of the year, they've got the second worst defence in the league. They're the fourth highest scorers, which is why they're picking up points, but... Should be should be a good game. If I was a betting man, I'd definitely be putting both teams to score on Saturday, definitely, which is what you want going into these games. Yeah, we've got nothing to play for, but I'm looking forward to it. I think it might be a really entertaining match at the weekend against County, and hopefully we can come out and get a win.
1: I I always remember a game towards the end of the season against County once before, um, and I think we beat them four um, two, and that was a, a dead squibber. You know, both teams had virtually nothing to play for. Um and and we ended up I think going two one down. Did we Did Michaeline
0: do not score that
1: game? Yeah, he did, but we scored like I think I think week wise, and then we like went three two up uh, in like a three minute spell or something. And the atmosphere was really good, and for some reason it was an early kickoff. I, I don't know why.
2: Um, that, was a, that was a terrible season. though. we hadn't Bruce Stop, stop. We're not talking about that season. We've got a cup. We've got a cup final coming up, and I want to forget that ever happened.
0: But that was yeah. one of my favourite memories of that season. That was a great game. You're right, Gordon. It was. It was an excellent game, actually. No, no, really?
2: Nothing game. that includes well, reminding me that Michael Langu played for hearts is a good thing. I'm sorry. I can't, I'm not having that.
1: But the the, the funny thing is, he's not even anywhere near one of our worst ever strikers. So uh,
2: see, I'd argue he never scored at Easter Road. There's a special bracket for a bad no, 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 not. He, not did,
1: he, did, he, did. he did. He did. We Cup semi-final. That's not the same. We still well, are we are we going
2: to talk about that game?
1: Aye, one on penalties. Great day, great day. Oh, out. Yep.
2: What a horrendous day that was. Can we've I've never had a good time when we played those semi finals at Easter Road. They were all fucking awful.
1: Ah, the second one was the worst.
2: I remember being at one years ago as well. I'm sure we it was Motherwell. horrendous. Aye, it was Motherwell.
1: Aye, three that two. Was awful as well. Equalised in the last minute, taking extra time, and then conceded in the last minute extra time, lost three two.
2: This is, a, this is a really weird caveat, by the way, but see the, the East stand at Easter Road. I've never been in a stand that takes that fucking long to get out of. It was an absolute joke. I feel like I was still no, on the ground about any, 45 minutes after after the game finished.
1: I've I've never sat in any other end apart from, I mean, because I wasn't at that semi-final, but I do remember it. Um, but uh, I've never, ever sat in any other stand at Easter Road because I just point blank refused to. I was going to the way end.
2: We didn't have their way end that day.
1: I know, I, I I can, I remember, I think they gave it to Motherwell, didn't they? But um, probably why I didn't go.
2: The worst one was the, was the extra time one with Parson when he just couldn't even run anymore.
1: Don't remember remember I'm trying to put a cross <laughs>
2: doing the right-hand side and I, I, I wanted to shoot him. I actually yeah. wanted to shoot him.
1: It's all better than Mallory Martin's one, though, a few years <laughs> later. Jesus Christ,
0: why are we doing this?
1: Why are we doing this? Ah, We're pessimists, That's just who we are Matt We love that.
0: pain, we're Hearts fans We love pain <laughs>
2: oh, I, mean, I I did not think I'd be thinking about those semi-finals at Easter Road ever again yeah. They had nine men <laughs> Nine men
0: <laughs> All right. well, Great, well, Let's talk positively um, We are in a cup final We've we got a cup final coming up what do you make about the,
2: the pricing the
0: SFA have put out for the cup final, Matty?
2: Capitalism, innit? They'll sell it. Why not? People won't like that, but that's the truth. You're going to pay £40, you're going to go to and I've not even thought twice about it. But do you think it's fair charging £40 for a ticket for a game? It costs like 100 quid to go and see the Rolling Stones, mate. That's just to go and rate these days. It sucks, but it's the way it is. You've got to make money.
0: Gordon, obviously, we go to a lot of Scotland games and they've priced those games fairly. Why are the SFA not pricing cup finals and semi-finals fairly, do you think? Well,
1: because they you know a cup final is guaranteed to sell out. I mean, the Scotland games weren't... I mean, you've got to remember, Ross, before you started coming along with us to the Scotland games, they were charging the types of crappy prices and the uh, Hamden, the soulless dump that it was, was half empty all the time. So they said to themselves, right, how can we get fans back into the, the ground? Oh, everybody moans about ticket prices. Let's uh start well making it affordable for fans. Um, so so they did I mean they tried to say that, oh, now that they suddenly own Hamden, that, that means that they can charge cheaper prices, but it's complete nonsense. Um yeah, it's cup final, you know. But there's other areas of the ground as well. It's easy to say, oh, the tickets are forty quid, but that's for the best seats in the ground, really. I mean, if we're being honest. I mean, there's what well, behind the goals was it twenty five quid or something? So it's not that bad, really, is it?
0: Cheapest cheapest
1: ticket I
2: think thirty. Is it? Oh, I don't know. That's <laughs> pretty building. standard though. Like yeah, it you is. Pay that, you, pay, you pay that to go to Easter Road. You pay that to go to Ibrox. Yeah. You pay that to go to Celtic Park. You pay that to a fucking Tain Castle.
1: Nah, we're one of the worst. I mean, we've got a brass neck, really. Hearts are Hearts are one of the. Most expensive away days in the in the league.
2: I, um, every time you talk to another set of fans, I mean, obviously, I, I never listen to Hibs fans on this because they charge us, we charge them. It is what it is. But when you listen mm-hmm. to anyone, they're like, yeah, Tynecastle, it costs a fortune. It's about 30 quid a ticket at Tynecastle. So who are we yeah.
1: But to be fair, they, they all still turn up because it's, a bit, it's their best away day, isn't it? It's so everyone's best away day in the league. Until they go home. Correct. Okay. Um... Yeah, no, listen, I'm, I've not really got an issue with the, the
2: pricing at it, 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 it Hamden. I mean, it is it is what it is. Um, the other thing as well, we make money out of it. Like, yeah. the gate receipts go to the clubs. Like, yeah, it costs money, but we're going to make money out of it.
1: Yeah. Good, money and spending,
2: good money spending die.
1: <laughs> oh, Danny, Danny, talking about PTSD. That still gives me shivers. Um, I, I think the... Um, the good thing about handing is, and, and what Hearts have done, actually, with, with um, I don't know if you've noticed, but there won't be a general sale for the cup final, which I like. What they've done is, is fans who attended the semi-final will we'll get a ticket, which means, because of the allocation we've got, um, it should sell out, if that's the case. So, I, I, I like that. Fair play from the club. It's given them, it's what basically means that there's no chance of any kind of... Uh, Pesky Rangers fans getting on our end, which I don't, I don't see happening anyway, but um, it kind of sort of squashes that. Um, so it's good. I'm looking I'm forward to it. It should be a great day out. And we've got our bus booked, as you know, and uh, got our pub sorted, and um, really looking forward to it. And hopefully they can give us one of those rare days that you get as a Hearts fan, as a football fan, and seeing your team lift, uh, lift a trophy, because... You've got to take the the good with the shite, fallen hearts, and hopefully we're we'll do a little bit of good. And uh, I, I think I'd break down in tears if the hearts won the cup this year.
2: Probably not alone there, Gordon. I think many people would be close. you yeah. know, it's been a, it's been a yeah. long few years. My o- no, my I'd only be- thing, my only thing is we're at the wrong side.
1: Yeah, we're at
2: the wrong side, but. We're due a memory in that end. We're due a, that's, that's how I'm looking at it. We're due a memory in that well,
1: end. Well, I, I, I was there in 2003 when James McFadden scored for Scotland against the, the Netherlands. I was in that end. Um. So, yeah, I mean, it's not been all bad memories for me. Uh, watching Hearts, it has been brutal. Um, pumped twice off Rangers and the St Mirren Cup final. Uh so yeah, so not great in that end. But yeah, you're right. We are due a, a little bit of a little bit rub of rubber the green. Um so hopefully we get it and uh and we see the, the the famous
0: lifter trophy. We'll move on and we'll chat a little bit about the youth cup final that was incidentally played between Rangers and Hearts earlier in this week. And um, Gordon, you, you watched the whole game. Um Rangers sort of dominated the first half, um but Hearts did get back into it, didn't they?
1: Yeah, they, they, they came out the blocks and um, they put us under real pressure. You know, the goalie, I thought, had a, a really good first half hour, made some excellent saves. Um, I thought Hearts just looked nervous, um, which is understandable. Most of them are kids. And um, they just couldn't quite get into the game. They couldn't get their rhythm going. Um, they obviously go 2-0 down. Nasey gives them a bit of the hairdryer treatment at half time, and you've seen a totally different performance in the second half and you've seen that, actually, they can compete and they can play a bit of football. Um, and this is a really good Rangers team as well. Let's not forget, you know, I think they pump more money than anybody into their youth teams, and um, their youth teams win quite a lot of trophies. Uh, they were the holders of the uh, the Scottish Youth Cup, so uh, um, so it's no mean feat uh to go head to head with these these types of teams. Um, I think that the the, the striker was it uh, Wilson or something, and I think he scored like forty or goals.
2: Um, yeah, he's getting like moves away and everything like that. a ah, yeah. bit, of, bit of like Billy Gilmore's about him, by the sounds of things.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, to score forty goals at any level, I think is some achievement. So it shows you the calibre kind of youth players that they're bringing through. Um, but I thought Hearts Hearts played well second half, and to be honest, with you they, they were unlucky not to take it to extra time. Um, I think we we forced the Rangers keeper in a, a a few good saves, and I thought they started the second half well, and I think Rangers were. I think they were quite happy for Hearts to have most of the ball in the second half, and I, I thought, you know, or maybe that might have just been down to how how we were playing. I don't know, but um, it was certainly a tale of two halves, and and I think that the players can give themselves a huge amount of credit, but it's again, it's a bit of frustration, and maybe a learning a good learning curve for them that if maybe if they'd started the game well, they might have actually won the trophy. So by the time that they, perhaps I mean most of them probably won't experience a major cup final, but for the ones who do. They can they can take that kind of disappointment and and use it to fuel them the next time they they are hopefully in a cup final and hopefully in a maroon jersey, um, I, it screams a twenty twenty cup final to me really. Um, if Hearts had started that second uh, that first half well, they probably would have went on and won the game given their second half and extra time performances, and I think it was a bit like that there.
0: You're right when you say, Gordon, it's no mean feat. I mean, Rangers team do play in the UEFA Youth League. They play against the top teams in Europe every season, practically. And I think they played Sevilla this year in the round of 16 in the Youth League. Um, but for Hearts to be competitive in that game, Matty, it shows a great advert for Scottish football, doesn't it, in the future for Scottish football?
2: And these these games are always interesting. Even at halftime, they, I was watching it at halftime, and they went back through all the years, the Youth Cup finals, and all the, all the players that had scored in some of them. And it was like it was listing off just names that you you'd recognize, you know, you'd seen their whole careers. I think I think they had goals in there. Charlie Adams scored one. I remember seeing that. I'd be like 17-year-old Charlie Adam putting one in the top corner on the highlight package. So yeah, I mean, the, there always are players in these games that go on to make it. The question's gonna be what one of them is it? Hopefully a couple of the Hearts lads that were in that team can kick on a little bit. Um I think they need help. I don't think we've got the structure in place at the moment in Scottish football to help our young kids at all especially post-covid i don't think it went very well so as, hopefully it's not the last time you ever see one of these lads on a heart's top. that's got to be the aim if you can get to a cup final it's kicking on it'll be a good experience for them
1: well I, I just remember watching um i think it was the reserves a few years ago uh, i think it was like 2019 they played at time i mean you went with me ross didn't you um we played motherwell and, and we won 2-0 and um I thought the, the the players were impressive that night and, you know, there was a few young players in there like Smith and um, Morrison was playing at the time and Cochrane played and um, Anthony McDonald and it was it was quite a, a really good youthful Hearts team and there was something a bit about them and it's a shame because you look at that team now, you know, obviously Smith's out in loan at, at Queen's Park. Does he have a future at Hearts? It'll be interesting to see. I'd like to think so. Um, but Cochrane, you know, he's dwindling away in the lower leagues now clearly a talented player mcdonald's the same thing as well tried to go abroad to kind of reignite his career it's just not quite happened from for me these are two kids who should have kind of been in that hearts team and and should have really been um certainly playing in the championship team and i know we won the league but these were the types of players you would have liked to have seen kind of be mainstays like Irvin was for example um, and then potentially, because uh, I mean, you always want to see sort of you bleed your own kind of players through, particularly when those two came through. I mean, it was a pretty piss poor hearts team, but I thought any time that they they, they played, they, they played pretty well. I mean, they were only young kids, sixteen and seventeen, um, and and it's a shame that that's kind of what happened to them. And I think that's maybe just the the rigorous kind of way of Scottish football that that as soon as you fall out the team, or you maybe decline your performances a little bit, you're almost kicked to the side. And I think if you look at the best young players who have came through in England, um, maybe guys like even Raheem Sterling made his debut at Tank Castle for Liverpool. He naturally had dips in form. But look up now he's one of the top players in the country. Um I think you've you've got to we've got to nurture our young talent in, in Scotland and yes they will have difficult moments of course because it's only natural in football for them to have dips in form but we shouldn't just cast them to the side and I feel for guys like Cochrane and McDonald because I feel that's what's happened to them. They had an in, they had both had a couple of injuries and and yeah, it's difficult hearts because it's a massive football club, but you would have liked to have seen a little bit more faith and I think that's down to the maybe the dinosaur managers in, in Scotland um who aren't able to to bring these kids through. Um I mean you only need to look at the progress of Aaron Hickey. And and look what he's doing now at Bologna, um, and and hopefully a few. I mean, I'm not saying that they're gonna we're going to bring players through to the level of what Hickey he is, but um, even if you can bring boys through that have got that half the ability that he has, then um, it bodes well for the future. So, I think we should be encouraged. I think there was a few of them in in the game on on uh, Wednesday there that we should be encouraged by you know Pollock as well as one who's who's spoken about quite a lot but we've got Scott McGill who's on loan and has had a fabulous season at Airdrie. um as i said I, I mentioned young smith there as well at queen's park um so there, there's a few players to keep an eye on you know, henderson i'm sure will come back and he's a man that, that certain pundits on on our show love um not totally convinced myself but he's obviously he's well into double figures so interested to see how these, these kids uh, these kids do next season because I I think there's no doubt they'll they'll be part of the squad. It's whether or not they can get themselves into the the match day squad, the starting elevens Um and because I think they'll be I mean I'm not saying that they'll they'll start league games but there's opportunities for them. Um maybe on the back of a European game and we're playing a Kalmannock or something at Tynecastle on a Sunday. You never know, these guys might get a wee opportunity and, and hopefully they can maybe take them and, and show to the manager that they can they can play at this level. So I think there's a, I think it bodes well for some of them. So it'll be interesting to see.
0: Matty, do you think the news of Hearts potentially putting in a, a well a Colts team, a, a B team into the Lowland League will help the youth players coming through at Tincastle?
2: There's, there's two arguments to the Colts thing. One of them is going to bring up the reserve league argument. Um, I think if you don't have Colts teams, a reserve, a reserve league is an essential ingredient for bringing young players through, even hearting heart and back to the Youth Cup final that we just watched. Where do, they, where do these lads go next season? Because this is a big gap for me in Scottish football. If you're 18 and you're in that team, what do you do when you're a 19-year-old laddie? You're not quite there again at the Hearts team week in, week out. We've seen it this season with the guys that have had to go out on loan. If they hadn't went out on loan this season, then they wouldn't have kicked a ball for a year at 19, 20-year-old. That, that That's career-ending at that age. That's prime development years. So for me, we need to change something in this league, in this country, the way that we develop kids. And I don't have any faith in the powers that be to do it. So if Hearts are going to go out and try and establish a B team down in the lowland leagues, then for me, that's excellent news. Gives you the opportunity to get guys still at the club playing football against men out learning, but within familiar facilities, they're not having to get turfed up to Inverness on loan to fail in League One, the Championship. They're not getting turfed out to Airdrie. I mean, I wouldn't want to live in Airdrie, I'd rather go and train at Rickerton every day and play with the Colts team. You know what I mean? Like it's, and again, now, even now, look look at the weekend coming up. You look at all these young lads that are out on loan and you go. there's an opportunity for you here. And if you're still at the club, which our Colts team allows you to do, you can give these guys games when it gets to this stage of the season. We've confirmed Europe. It's prime time to be playing youngsters. But we couldn't keep them. There was nowhere for them to play football, so we had to loan them out. It's not good enough. It's something that needs to change countrywide because we're going to lose a generation of talent if we don't change something. It worries me.
1: We've, we, we, we've lost millions of kids over the years. Um, because this country's never taken its talent seriously, um, it doesn't encourage football in this country. You know, when I mean, the fact that you still walk around the streets and you see signs saying no ball games, I think that tells you all you need to know. Uh, we were playing five-a-side football on uh, Tuesday. Ross I was at six quid ahead, and um, I was talking to Young Lewis's girlfriend there, and uh, and and she was stunned that that we, that we have to pay money to play football, and she, she she's. French, you know, that's just that's why they've won five World Cups or whatever, and we've never won, we've never even qualified for the groups, uh, the knockout stages of, of a major tournament.
2: Because the thing is, just just to cut in very quickly there, Gordon, you're absolutely mm-hmm. correct. That is why they're good at football. Because you look at a lot of the players that are coming through in Fr- in French football right now, right? Mm-hmm. It's a lot of kids coming from primarily poor areas in and around Paris, is worth a large like Mbappe, Pogba. There are two that I'm aware of, but I'm sure there's more, and that's going to come to me later. But there's hundreds of them that are coming from that area. There's no chance they're paying six pound a head to play an hour of fives. They're playing for free, and they've got ample opportunity to do it. Because if they weren't playing for free, they wouldn't be playing because they can't afford to pay for it.
1: Exactly, and I mean that—that—that's how you know you you look back to the the key sort of the famous figures of Scottish football, and you speak to them, and all they talk about is how they were playing football as a kid on the street. And it's exactly the same um, all over the world. And, and we, for whatever reason, whether it was in the 80s, 90s, and, and certainly the early 2000s, just steered away from that. You know, I mean, I, I was out every day with football. Um, and I think, you know, for a big fat guy, I'm all right at football. I've got two feet. But, you know, I was never coached properly or anything. Like I never got that opportunity. Um, anytime I did play football as a kid, they just looked to you and thought, oh, you're too big to, to, to play, you know. And everything that I, I learned how to do on a football pitch was just by playing. It wasn't, it was never coached. And I think the standard of coaching at, at young level in terms of um, youth, there's nobody there kind of guiding players. And I mean, listen, a, a good pal of ours, big Dunk McCall, fantastic footballer, but he's a big guy, but he's, he's so good at football. And um, he, I'm sure he won't mind us telling it. Uh, telling this, you know, he was he he had a contract there for for a, a, an English football club, ready to go. But because he had had a few beers the night before, as you do when you're a teenager at that age in Scotland, you want to go out with your pals. But he had nobody kind of directing them in the right way. They withdrew the the contract offer, and that was him. And there's a, a generational. Kind of talented footballer um, as a kid. You know, I played. I played with a few at high school as well, and unfortunately, they went down the wrong path. But incredible young players who had incredible touches and, and powerful shots, and were like half the size of me and things like that. But they could hit a ball so so powerfully, and it was incredible to watch. And these were guys that unfortunately would go and stand in street corners, and you know, rather than someone from a school or whatever saying, "Listen, you've got a talent here." let's get you in a, a club and, and let's nurture you and, and bring you through like they do in France and Brazil, even in Brazil, you know what I mean? They, they do that in Spain, you know, these, these are countries that are just as deprived, if not even more deprived and poorer countries than, than where we are. And, you know, you look at Edinburgh and there's, there's literally nowhere for kids to go and play football now. And, and anywhere you do, you've got to pay a fortune and, you know, as I say, we, we play the corn exchange and, and play five-a-side football. That's getting knocked down soon to for for flats. And where where are people meant to go, um, to to go and play football? And we you know we we kid on and and everybody says, ah, oh, you know, football's our number one sport in this country and all this sort of nonsense. But is it though? You know, I mean, I, when I was at primary school as well, they wouldn't even let you play play with football because it was deemed controversial, um, just complete nonsense and. Um, it's, it makes you sad, it really does, because there's there's so much talent in this country and we've not even attempted to tap into it. And You know, guys like, I mean, you, you see a little change now with guys like Kieran Tierney coming through, you know, world-class, because I mean, he is a world-class player, Craig Gordon, world-class, you know, Robertson as well. Um, they, these types of players are now coming through and, and you're seeing them and, and you hope certainly within the next 20 years that we'll get more players like that coming through, but It's too late. I mean, these things should have been happening years ago. And we've lost so many talented footballers to just the way we are as a country and and the way we we look upon football. And there's too many money men who are more interested in making a profit than actually, um, one, winning things, but also just nurturing talent and, and doing it for the best of football.
2: What worries me on that as well though, I mean, as much as you, you do say that there's been progress, and I'm trying to think of names myself that have came out of this. And you you named Robertson, you've got Gilmore, you can argue Hickey, getting mm. at that level as well. They've all got one thing in common though. They all came through two clubs. Like and because that's the only place that money's coming from in this country. If it's not Celica Rangers Academy, it's not going anywhere. Like, some, some of the, I mean, Hickey's probably the best player that's came through Hearts, came through Hearts and in adverted commas in years. We signed him at, like, what, 15, 16? Mm-hmm. He was actually at Hearts for, like, a year. He came through Celtic because it's the only, they and Rangers are the only people in Scotland that are allowing kids to have somewhere to go and play football. We're trying. Like, Hearts are trying. I believe Hibs are trying. But the investment's not there. The facilities isn't there. And even when you go that stage below, like I think we've tapped in as a, as a club now and we think we made a link in with Balerno High School a year or two ago, one of the things that Budge put in place. We shouldn't have a link in with one high school in Edinburgh. Like Hearts should be linked in with every single high school in Edinburgh. All the coaches that come to school should be in it, should be in it either Rickerton or out at the Shed in East Mains, one of the two. And they should be in and they should be learning from the clubs. The club should be given the coaches direction so the coaches can then give the kids direction. It happens yeah. in Spain. It happens in England. I mean, look at London. Look at look at where all in fact look where all the kids that, that are coming through the England setup now. The boys from yeah. Manchester, the boys from Liverpool, the boys from London, they're all coming from poorer places. But as you know football what you... always does. They've got facilities down there. We don't. And they not invest if... in them too.
1: Exactly, and they do, and you know they get government grants and things like that for to, to continually invest in in pitches and things like that, and and when I mean, you go there I mean I go down to Liverpool quite a lot and it's one of the most deprived cities in, in the United Kingdom but everywhere you go there's football pitches there's goalposts there's kids playing football there's football teams there's clubs and uh, there's two massive football clubs in Liverpool and that's all these kids want to do is grow up and play for them and and the fact that they've got those goals we're up here it's just you can't find anywhere to play football. And and down there, and, and you mentioned, you know, Spain and things like that, and that's what they do. You know, scouts are, are everywhere that in these countries, you know, because they're employed by, by the big clubs to 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 have their eyes on on every part of, of their kind of city. You know, like the the Manchester clubs and the Liverpool clubs are the North West, and then obviously you've got the, the big London clubs who will naturally have kind of the South and sort of Birmingham and Villa and stuff like that or have their sort of... Um, areas of the, the the country. And it should be the same for Harse and Hibbs, you know, they should be taking everything in Edinburgh and the kind of Lothians um and the old firm will, will naturally kinda of gobble up the, the the West. And and that's the way it's ultimately gotta be. And you would say the same for Aberdeen and, and kind of the north. And that's they should have scouts everywhere. Just walking along streets even and and just seeing like, oh there's a there's a talented kid. He's he, you know, he's maybe only what 10 but here he can he can pass a ball well he's two footed he's a little bit small now but who cares about all that crap you know there's one to maybe look at go and speak to his parents what's his plans yeah you know just find out about these kids and then get them in and and keep an eye on them and then nurture them and develop them and see where they go from there it's it's almost like your face has got to fit in this country. Yeah. And that's the way it's been for a long, long time.
0: Isn't that always been the problem, though? Isn't it always been like the, the, the da basically taking the team? He always picks his yeah. son. It's never, it's never it's never, structured properly, even at, even at a sort of low level. I mean, yeah. I was never good enough to play football. You've seen me at fives. I'm terrible. Um, I enjoy it now that we're all adults. But
1: Well, you're, you're, you're coming on due to my coaching role, <laughs>
0: Could you give me encouragement, uh, Gordon,
1: something I was never... Uh, no, I've seen yeah. a player there. You know, I, I developed you in the right position. That's all you need. It, it, the thing is, that you, at that level, it's not even about like... And that, that's the thing with these daft coaches. They all think they're Josie Mourinho, right? They, they've, got, they should, they've got to win games. They've got to win games. No, you don't have to win games at that, exactly. that level. Yeah, you want to have a winning mentality, but that comes within an individual. That doesn't come from playing in a team. That comes from with you as an individual. And that will come as you get older. That's no problem. It's about developing your skills in the football park. One, can you pass a ball? There are many football players that don't know how to pass a ball is
2: ridiculous. I mean, Gordon, that's a bit fucking rich.
1: Excuse me, I'm a very good passer of the ball, actually. And that's one of my best attributes. So then he start your pish, Matthew. Um, That was the first thing my dad taught me when I was a kid. He said, you know, pass the ball with inside your foot. Simple as that. You've got three seconds on the ball. But you, you you always use the inside, trap the ball and pass. And the amount of people that can't pass the ball is just ridiculous.
2: One of the things my dad used to always talk to me about was just use your left foot. I was like, mm-hmm. just use it, use it, use it, use it, use it. Because one of his biggest pet peeves is when you see footballers coming through and they try to kick the ball with their wrong foot and they fall over. Mm-hmm. Like there's too I mean, that we're getting a lot better at that, to be fair. Some of the, a lot of the boys coming through our academy. I mean, Hickey's a prime example. He's he's the most two footed player I've ever seen play for hearts. Yeah. but they all seem so- do it now and that, that's, that's that's kicked on
1: because pe- pe- people as well and you, you'll remember this when 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 you were sort of growing up and, and people would say oh I'm, I'm right footed and that's it and I kind of play on my left and that my, my my left foot started to get stronger and better Um, when I was maybe 14 or 15 I think probably playing football I became nat- just as natural with my left as my right and and that wasn't through like any coaching or anything like that. That just just the way I started to play. Um and that, you know, if you're if you're a coach and you're going, I can only play with right, kind of play with left, never uses it. Um they look at these things and they would just totally dismiss a player on on that basis.
2: I don't even think we where... dismiss them the Gordon. The problem I think we've had is we've accepted it as a as a nation. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I, I I remember thinking back to my, my, my youth days. There was a boy I used to play with when I was a kid. He never made it, but he was brilliant at the time. Mm. He was left-footed, right, but he could barely do anything other than stand on his right foot. But mm-hmm. because he was good and it, he had a good left foot, no one ever. There was never that drive to try and kick anybody on or, or like, it, it was just it was just oh gee the boy to him because he is actually good. I'm like yeah, well, he is yeah. good, but are you going to make him any better? Or are you just happy because he's the best player at under eights? Right. Like, And for me, it seems to be he's the best player at under-8s and everyone around is happy.
0: But isn't that the point, though, of of having good coaches? Because they would be able to see that even at an under-8s level, they should be able to see that...
2: They should be. That's the
0: problem. You know, good. But then that's the point. You know, they they need to have the right coaches at the right ages. And I mean, people that are aspiring to be coaches should be coaching these, these young teams. It shouldn't be... You know, grassroots football is great because everyone's involved, but... A kid's dad shouldn't be coaching the team with one coaching badge. It should be a spy no,
1: that are doing that. They're moving away from that now, and I think you are seeing a lot of young, um, young coaches come through, men and women, by the way, who who are have a different kind of philosophy about the game. Um, when I when I used to play football, it was like run around that field for a warm up. Do a couple yep. of stretches and then you know here we'll put some cones down. You passed him, then run, and then pass back. I mean, what the fuck was that all about? I mean, really. And then and then <laughs> and then you got to the end of the training session. It was like right, let's play a game against each other. Uh, if we could eight eat a side or something, and then that that was that was the session finished. You were never developing, you know, as a football player. As soon as you see now, and and the the way kind of young coaches are set up. You've got the ball as your warm up. Bang! There's the ball. You can run. You can fucking run around. Um, do a five k in your own time. You know, you're only training twice a week. You're there. You're there to develop as a footballer. You're not there to um, to blink and run around and test your uh, your your stamina and fitness. You can do all that crap in your own time. You know, if you're serious about becoming a professional footballer, trying to make it, your fitness should be the the, the thing that you can do in your own time. You can do that every day. But when you're there to be coached. You need a football, ultimately. And, 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 and the good thing is that we're starting to see that now in young coaches. But when, when me and my were playing football and, and it would be everybody our age group, that's, you never got any of that. And it's because it was some arrogant coach, as you say, the da, who was only interested in, th- you know, having his wee track suit on the side of the pitch there and thinking he was generally Jose Mourinho. And, you know, he was there. I remember I got taken on, and it was one of was when I fell out in love with football, you know, I went all the way doing down to um, other side of Edinburgh, I can't remember what it was, but um, I'd scored Leith. the week before. <laughs> no, it was, it was further, further beyond Leith. Um, I'd scored the week before, I was feeling good. than
2: pants.
1: <laughs> probably, to be honest, probably. But anyway, we were getting beat 2-0 and he brought me on. I won the ball, uh, set up um, the, the lad that was playing with, was up front, scored 2-1 three minutes later, it took me off again. What's that all about? And that, that I fell in love after,
2: uh, we, we football ended up going on and, and just swimming really. But... I've got too many, you, I've got too many stories from youth team football. But my you father, do, mate. Of
1: course you do. But my and, father and would not that.
2: appreciate half of them getting shared, but... I bet. I'm pretty sure there's a few listeners that know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> we'll, we'll not, we'll, we'll not go into that one on air.
1: They do. <laughs> I, they will, mate. Of course they will. And it's... Um, it's just the way it is, unfortunately.
2: But that's what it was, though. It, it was, and to be fair, see now that you look at it, and I look at it as an adult that's really into his football and all that, right? I don't think that I don't think the dads that were coaches knew any better, and I don't think there was any malice in it from them. They were doing what they got taught when they came through. It mm. was someone's dad. It was the coach, and it was all about going down, and it was all about beating them because fuck them. They're for the other bit of tune, you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. And I think we are moving away from it, but I don't think we're moving away from it enough countrywide. I still think it's really old firm centric because they're the only ones that have the money for it. And it's a big failing of Scottish football for me. A massive failing. But were we not were we were we, were we not yeah, start again? Were we not even meant to be talking about the Colts team? We've not even brushed on that.
0: Well, that that was the initial question I asked, and we went into our, a a bit of a our... A tangent about fairness you
1: know? about our own failures.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean a,
2: the Colts fair, is a
1: great idea.
0: To, to be fair, we've we've got we've got a better conversation out of it than we probably would have got at the, the Colts team. But do you think this is a, a good step in the direction of Hearts before we finish in going into the the Lowland League, or do you think we need to have sort of have a hybrid approach, Matty? You know, do we do we still loan players out at a higher level and still have sort of the under? Nineteens, possibly under twenties, playing in that low league
2: team. It's an interesting one, and it is one that I do like. And I sort of always modelled this on what I see in Spanish and German football when it comes to these. We call them Colts teams, but they're B teams basically. That's what that's what they are. And I know a lot of the top Spanish clubs they even have a, they go as far as having C teams, and they have proper real development that goes from sixteen to eighteen, and into the C team, and into the B team, and into the into the main team, and. It works. It works well there. It works well in Germany. But for me, it works well because they have a really good structure in place from like the top league down in German football and in Spanish football. Spain's actually just completely redone their league system. It confused a living hell out of me, but I've kind of got my head around it now, which has helped with their sort of B team and C team that they've got in there. So they have different levels and it allows your players to stay at your club to be trained the way you want them to be trained, to be coached the way you want them to be coached in the style that you want them to be coached in, and allow them to develop. And it gives you a good pathway into the team. And for me, it speaks for itself. If you look through any of that team that won the World Cup with Spain or any of the teams that have won the World Cup in Germany over the the last few years, and every single one of them's got appearances for B team, they've got appearances for C teams. You think any any talent that came out of a Spanish club or a German club, look them up, think of a name, look them up right now, I can guarantee you they've got 30 plus games in a B team before they made their first team breakthrough, they may have made their debut but not the breakthrough into the team and if it's done right, it's definitely the way forward I see no negatives for it I think the biggest issue people have in this country is that it's just not the way that we do things here, that's going to be the biggest stumbling block I think, but if you do it correctly, which by the way we're not, but if we do it correctly I think it's a good system
1: No, listen. I think you've um... I mean, we won't really know until maybe next season um, how beneficial it's been, i.e. the Celtic and Rangers kind of boys, but um, I can't sit here and say that I've watched enough of the Lowland League to, to sort of know what kind of standard it is. But, again, you are putting younger players in there um, to play against men, to get real experience of playing for Hearts still as well. I mean, of course, it's not in front of 17,000 at Tyncastle, but... You're still playing in a hearts team in a competitive game and games that you need to win and you'll be expected to win because you're at hearts. So that can only be a good thing, I think. Um I always liked the reserve the, the reserve league. Um I always thought it was a good standard. Used to always keep an eye on it. Um I think it was just ridiculous when they got rid of it. So I think certainly having a Colts team is probably the, the next best thing. Originally I was sceptical against the idea and I was against it. Uh, I was against the old firm and joining, but by all accounts, it's been pretty successful. Um, So we might as well get a a piece of the pie as well, Um, because we are the third biggest club in this country and and we've got to start acting like it. And I think we are slowly um, asserting our authority as that third club. And, you know, if the old firm are doing it and it's benefiting them, then we should be on it as well.
2: I think when you touch on that, though, I think part of it is you look at like the long-term way that Scottish football is going to have to go. I think clubs like Celtic Rangers, Hearts, I would then go as far as throwing Aberdeen, Hibs, possibly Dundee, Dundee United, but you're starting to maybe get a little bit down there. In terms of revenue and income that we can afford to put into it, I think definitely the old firm as Hibs and Aberdeen should have Colts sides. But... I don't know if St. Johnston need one. I don't know. Like, and that's where the reserve league argument falls apart because to have a reserve league, you need to have basically 12 SPL clubs that agree to have a reserve league. I don't think all 12 teams need it. Like if our growth got promoted, right, there's no chance they need a reserve team. Uh, they couldn't run one. Dundee, sceptical whether they could. I definitely don't think St. Johnston have the revenue to run a, run, a, run a reserve team. And that's why we won't see the reserve league coming back anytime soon. So I think without it, Colts is the only system that we can go down that allows us to still develop players for clubs that have the capacity and the financial ability to try and develop footballers. If you're at Motherwell and you're good at 18, you're in the team. It's as simple as that. They don't, that, that gap's not as big because of necessity. That's how they operate their football clubs. Motherwell constantly will have three or four players on their bench that are filling out their squad that are youth players. Most of them don't make it, but every now and then you get somebody that does. That's how they operate, but I don't think we're quite there. We're that step above, and we're in that sort of grey zone in Scottish football where we do need something to help bring these guys through. And with the Colts, as I've said it earlier in the show, but with the Colts thing for me, if they were still here now and we had a Colts team this season, we'd be seeing debuts in these next few weeks. Because as much as you say, I can say, yeah, you're going to be in the Lowland leagues. We don't know the standard. They're training at Hearts, but the most important thing is they're still at Hearts. So when these opportunities appear. You never know when they're going to appear, but three games for a nineteen-year-old at Hearts for me is more beneficial than fifteen games playing a League Two. But you need to keep ticking over in between, and that's why I like the idea of the Colts teams.
0: How high should Colts teams be allowed to get in the pyramid? Do you think?
2: For me, nope. good. As, this this is where you'll differ, but for me, is you're as good as you are. You just can't be in the same league as your actual parent club.
1: No, no, I, I, I don't agree with that. I think uh, they they shouldn't go any higher. They shouldn't be in like the actual. Uh, like League 1 or League 2 I, I don't think they should they should get as, as far as that, I think uh, keep them at lower league level Um, and I think that's, that's as far as they should go, because I mean let's be honest with me, the old farm would be in the championship before you know it, so for me, the, the there should be a glass ceiling for these teams, because it, it should always be about development Um, and, and that's where for me, the, the line should be um, it shouldn't be any more than that um, it shouldn't be about being competitive or anything like that, um, or winning things. It, it just simply should be about development.
2: I'm ready to go off on a rant here about the entire structure of Scottish football for the grassroots up, so better not, better not start that. But I don't like the way our leagues are structured, and we'll leave it at that. I think a lot needs to improve.
1: All right, hundred percent. Go and listen to our uh, lockdown uh, reviews, and then uh, you'll 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 hear a lot of of,
0: of my opinions back then. Yeah, I think that'll be a whole other podcast. Um, we we should get it set up for that. We should get you to talk about the, the league system because I I I could,
2: I could talk I could I could talk for an hour on everything that needs to change in the Scottish league system. I guess it's a disgrace, but it, it might be one for the summer then. I mean, just quickly, the thing that's pissing all over the Scottish league system, right? You look at Cove Rangers, right? Classic example. They've been stuck in the doldrums for donkeys years. They'll be in the Premier League in five years. So there's no doubt about it.
0: Probably the same with
2: Kelly Hearts as well. Aye, Kelly are going the same way. How many more? Bonnie Rig Rose are a massive club. When are they getting into the into the pyramid of football teams? You telling me that they're no better than East Fife?
1: Cow and Beef will be gone. You know they are. Um, Their time in the Scottish pyramids over. Um, I think I don't know who's top of the top of the Lowland League and top of the Highland well, League. It's
0: and- it's, 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 it's uh, Bonnie Rig Rose are playing. I think I'm right, saying Fraserburgh.
1: Right, okay, well, we'll, well, certainly the winner of that, I think, will be Cowden beef. Yeah.
2: No doubt. I'd, I'd be amazed if they didn't. No yeah.
0: And then, it, we have said this before, it it does refresh Scottish football, these teams, and I, I think, going back to your, your, your former point there, Gordon, I think it's good that we have a lowland league and it's good that we have Colts teams within that lowland league, but I think there needs to be... They need to just stay in the lowland league, because then that gives sort of newer clubs an opportunity to go up as well. I think yeah. you you don't but, want Rangers and Celtic taking that place or right. Hearts taking that place in, in in League Two that could be for a place for a, a new club to add something different to the leagues.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think I don't think enough teams get out the Lowland and Highland leagues to begin with anyway. But that's an entirely yeah. different argument. That is an entirely different. for me. I, I see no issue with giving Colts teams promotions, but it would be a part of a structure that allowed a hell of a lot more teams to get out of the lowland and the highland leagues because for me the majority of teams that are down the league two don't belong don't deserve to be there. It's as simple as that. They either it are too good to, they're too good to be there or don't deserve to be there. It's as simple as it, that.
1: It, it should be like the conference in England. You know you, you Aye, there's the
2: so team. many up and downs there. So Aye. many it's what four relegation zones spots or something? Something like that, yeah. Is it two? So is, it, it, is it four up then?
0: So it so it's four down from the conference into the north and south, but there's only two
2: that go up. Right, but you're still losing four for the conference. That's what I'm saying. So there is room yeah, to, you're you're, to you're drop you're down. you're losing here.
0: four from the national league that are going into north and south, but going up, you're only gaining two in lowland. Well, we
2: we we only get one out of the lowland and down the Highland league. Well, I, mean, I mean, for you're me, for me, here. You're you should, you for should for me it should be automatic minimum. For Lower yeah. and Highland. It should be automatic promotion in the league two from the Lowland yeah. and the Highland League. And then whoever, and then that's
1: when the playoffs come in from like second place or something.
2: I've got no issue with Lowland, lowland and highland league then having a playoff and the winner of that place, whoever finished third bottom of the league two. I'd be delighted with that. Yeah. And then after a couple of years of that, we'll see where we are. I wouldn't long term object to Colts teams being promoted out of the Lowland Leagues, but it would be a part of a massive restructure. It, because I don't see any difference between Rangers-Colts being in there and some team that's been... I mean, Cowdenby are miserable. You're telling me that Rangers-Colts wouldn't be better in League Two than Cowdenby for Scottish football as a whole?
1: Nah, we, we go to Ibrox enough, mate, thanks.
2: There would there would have to be a cap, but it's a conversation for another day.
0: Yeah, right. Predictions in for Saturday. I'll go for 3-2 again
1: to the famous. Um, yeah, I think we'll see a, another week. Goal Fest.
2: I was actually going to say 3-2, but I didn't want to copy Garden, and I do think it'll be a high-scoring game, so I'm going to go one more, and I'm going to go 4-3, Hearts.
0: No mm, seen a 4-3 in a while. I'm going to go 4-2. Reignite the days of Michael Engu. Mm. Come on. no, no! no, no.
2: Announce 0-0. No, no. It's almost a guarantee now, isn't it?
0: <laughs> Definitely. Thank you both for joining me this week. Yeah, hopefully Hearts do get another win. Till next week, goodbye.